This is the 919 Beer Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts for the 919 Beer Podcast, Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Welcome to the 919 Beer Podcast. I am Adam Eshbaugh here with Wayne Holt. No Joe Ovius this week. Yeah. He's in an abundance, out of an abundance of caution, we are uh, Joe Ovius less, right? His whole family is uh, is holed up in the house, and he's the only one still hanging on, not uh, not in not dealing with feeling like garbage. So. Is he living out the fit this week? I mean, is he what? Is he living in the fit this week? No, no. I think he's got his own wing. Of, oh, of okay. the obvious manner. Oh, okay. So he's fine. He's doing a show from home, and he's just keeping keeping away from everybody, which, uh, you know, we only get to see him once a week. It's it's a little sad. I mean, it's going to attack us all at some point the, at the rate it's going. So what was somebody said the other day? Well, I might as well just going to get it now. Oh, that's a good – that's, yeah, that's a, good, a great plan, great right? Great plan. And don't try to avoid it. Let's just get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to avoid it still. So. Let's overwhelm those hospitals. Best I can. Best anyway, I can. Uh, big shout out to House of Hops and their three locations for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, we have two in Raleigh, one in Pittsburgh. Tons of beers on tap. Lots of great uh, selection to bring home as well. And they've always got something going on there. So check out House of Hops and we thank them, as always, for sponsoring. Uh, you're looking at your phone. I am. I was trying to look back at my phone to see what I did in the last week that we could actually talk about. Um, and the one thing that really jumped out at me is I have two or three pictures of main lunch, which were taken at pharmacy in downtown Cary because Tyler's had a half barrel of main lunch on. And I'm surprised it's been there as long as it has. Is it still on? It, it was on last night when I left at about uh, wow. 6.25. It was still there. Uh, one of my favorite beers, it's kind of like Bell's Too Hearted. If I walk in and see Bell's Too Hearted on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink it. Um, if it's main lunch and Bell's Too Hearted, I'm going to have main lunch because you don't see it very often. But, man, I love that beer. So I've had quite a few of them last week. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great beer. You actually texted me. I was not drinking main lunch when you texted me. I know. You were – what was it? I was drinking High Life, man. I, mean, I love grilling, High Life. That's don't, my grilling beer. Don't get me wrong. I love some time champagne and place. Of beers. Like, like Joe always says, time and place. No, I was I was grilling out, but obviously I uh, I clocked out a little. Bit, well, I didn't clock out, but I checked out a little bit early on Monday and got a little extra work done, Hold so on. I could have some main. You, you checked out early. I checked out of the, of, of the office. Oh, brought my computer down the street pharmacy and. And have Appreciate you own, explaining that to the boss because you know he's listening. My own main lunch experience. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah. One thing we didn't talk about last week, I had a birthday. You did have a birthday. Nobody even mentioned it. Like, that's the well, real, I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of this podcast. Everybody knows it. I just. Joe just kind of breezes through things so quickly these days. It's that, all about him, you know, really. It's, it's about sports. I mean, and he's got to get back Joe to Joe from the beer, po- beer podcast know, had to but, finish up early last week so he can get to his, his sports meeting. Yeah, and that's. You know, priorities. But anyway, yeah, he did. Uh, belated happy birthday. I think Thanks. I texted you or saw you. I saw you in the office that you day. You actually saw me that um, day. I was going to take you to lunch that day, but I had a... had a Main lunch. Well, I had a, I had a better... You've been eating salads. I had a better offer, so I left, remember? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you have been eating a lot of salads. Yep. So I, I have just, not. Just had a nice salad for lunch. Yeah. Anyway, not a whole, whole lot new with me. I did some some grilling over the weekend and and... Relaxation. You did a little CrossFit nice. too, because you, you. I did. I've been walking Thursday, a little funny. You've been walking funny all week. Yeah. So I've had I've had this short this bad shoulder. I've got dealing with tendonitis, but I'm 
I don't think the way you're walking has therapy. anything to do with your shoulder, well, man. I did a lot of squats, and it's first time back in like a month, and it's it's rough getting getting back on the horse. So it's tough, man. Anyway, hashtag stick to beer, and we I do guess. have a guest this we week. We do, yeah. So, uh, like we said last week, we're trying to bring in some some new to us guests, right? Uh, people we know, but we haven't been able to get on the show. Last week we had Dissolver from from Asheville. This week. We're bringing in our buddy Caleb Churchwell from New Anthem out of Wilmington. On the other end of the state, yep. Other end of the state, yeah. We're going just zigzagging across. This this week and next week, we actually have uh, Wilmington guests, but it's cool. So, New Anthem's been... Caleb, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. No, thank you for having me. Good good to see you, as always. Um, but we we won't talk about your the other guest who was supposed to come in we'll but got his wires crossed exactly. right we'll just leave it as you is. stay in wilmington aaron <laughs> anyway so no so new anthem has been around how six years seven five years, years. five years okay. yeah so opened october of 2016 so it's been five years now mm-hmm. you opened down not on front street just off of just off just of around street, the corner on, from on, from untapped exactly on right. dock street well we were there first Right, I get that. So I'm just saying geographically. just around the corner from us. Gotcha, gotcha. But exactly. Untapped right. is on yes. Front Street. <laughs> Correct. Just yes. down the street from Front Street Brewery. Yes. So you walk down the hill, take a left, and that's the original New Anthem location. Right, yep. Um, but you have an additional location? We do. So we have a production facility that opened up. Idea was, technically it opened up right before, um, I guess it was November of 2019, so right okay. before the everything started shutting down, and that is about a mile outside of downtown on Greenfield Street, and that is our new production facility. Does that, and and there's room. a tap room there too? There is, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, talk about perfect timing though, because I know that was being worked on for a while. Mm-hmm. Anytime you expand, it's, it's a process. It's not like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, let's have a brewery here next week. Right. So it was good timing though, because November came... Uh, you're obviously that your production facility had much larger capacity mm-hmm. uh, because you know I I think new new anthem was I to me at least I think was the most sought after Wilmington brewery for for quite a while um, and it's always because of scarcity right it's mm-hmm. it's that it's that. Well, I can't have that, so that's what I want. Not that it wasn't great beer; it was great beer. Right. Yeah, Wayne, still been there, is. Still is. Yeah. Wayne, I've been there several times, but to expand and be able to, to pump out more of the same product, but get more out and more out around the state. Obviously, that timing was huge because you brought in a canning line there too, right? We did. We sure did. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're you're brewing, you're packaging, and the world shuts down and. Well, thank goodness we've got this place because you went from basically a taproom model to now you're distributing. Now we're distributing and obviously much like every other brewery went to as heavy can package as possible uh, to, you know, weather the storm, if you will, uh, through through the first year of the pandemic. And then luckily for us, um, people liked taking taking home beer. And so it worked out. Yeah, for sure. And it also like you guys now distribute are you statewide now or we are statewide you're statewide statewide so what is your role with new mm-hmm. with new anthem so i'm the sales manager so i handle all of our sales and distribution so um, you're overseeing all that distribution correct. for the entire yes. entire state mm-hmm. that's correct now and and you've signed that's right because you guys signed on with with uh, vintage, vintage of north right? carolina yes right so they take you statewide coast mm-hmm. to coast or coast mountains to sea whatever Mountain we to call sea. it yep <laughs> 
How how has that reception been? Um, I know I'm sure I know what it was like in Raleigh mm-hmm. because people were very familiar. But what about points farther west that maybe weren't as familiar mm-hmm. or had had you had your product like when in town but haven't been able to get it? How how's that gone since you did stretch statewide? Luckily for us, so when we were just self distro, we did have a little bit in the Charlotte region. And the um, the triad region as well. We did a couple trucks out there every couple weeks or so, and so we had a little bit of beer out there. So it wasn't brand new to everybody. Uh, specifically, Asheville had been the newest region that we entered uh, when we signed our deal with the Vintage. And so, but luckily, we kind of built this reputation in North Carolina beer. It's not too big, and so there's a lot of people in Asheville that already knew who we were. Uh, Tasty Beverage being one of them. I've, I've known Johnny Bellflower for years. And so it was super easy to get beer up there. And we had, yeah. you know, a handful of accounts that were already aware of our product and moved it right in. And now it's, now we're in, we're about to enter year two with the vintage. And now we're kind of fine tuning th- that distribution within those newer markets. What do you think? I mean, you've been in the NC beer scene for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I, I remember five plus years ago, Asheville, Always had the reputation, right? It was Beer City USA a few mm-hmm. times. And always had this big reputation for, um, at first, kind of not really bringing outsiders in. I th- I feel like that's changed completely now. Like, Asheville has what? Dissolver said they were the 40th, 40th brewery. brewery. The 40th brewery in Asheville. So there's 40-plus breweries in Asheville now. Plenty of beer to go around, and you still have these these great bottle shops that are at least in my experience bringing other great beer from from around mm-hmm. the state in what, what how was the reception there uh, just like you, you said so uh, actually this would have been almost 8 years ago now i handled uh, regional distribution for boulevard or duvamorga usa okay. so i already oversaw north carolina south carolina so i was familiar with the the asheville market as far as an outside brewery trying to come in and yes, back then, it, if we weren't sending the best specialty stuff we made, yeah. it wasn't really moving in the Asheville because they were hyper-local. Locals love local. And so, just like you said, we have noticed over the last couple of years that the, the growing population in Asheville is now starting to just seek great beer, regardless yeah. of where it comes from. Yeah. Be it local brewery or be it outside of Asheville, they're starting to just want great beer. And so I think that's why we've kind of seen uh, some other brands be able to grow out there. So yep. why do you think that is, though? I mean, you know, my daughter went to school at UNC Asheville from, I think we moved her up there in July of 2014, and she left there in January of 2017 or 18, January 2018. So I was up there a lot for three and a half years, mm-hmm. and the scene was very small when we started a dozen breweries, maybe uh, burial was uh, burial was in the little shack uh, with the one light bulb and the little bitty sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, that's how small it was. And, and now you've got that whole South slope has been completely redone. Um, but do you think it's because of tourism? Cause Asheville is um, obviously the largest, probably the largest tourism city in the state, maybe mm-hmm. maybe even ahead of Raleigh. Um, I think it is. But is it tourists or is it locals? Because you said locals have a difficult time allowing people in. Um, 
the locals run the places, I guess, right? Right. Is that exactly. what you're getting at? Yeah, and, you know, we saw this, you know, um, Adam would be familiar with this too. Ten years ago in North Carolina, local beer was all the rage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we yeah. were only five years, six years past Pop the Cap. Yep. And so we started seeing all this local beer kind of grow. And so we saw all these businesses only go North Carolina draft, yeah. that sort of thing. And so people had this perception that only local beer is the best beer, but local doesn't always mean good. Huh, and so that's the truth right we've there. seen, so I think we've <laughs> seen that people get away from that and actually be able to venture out into non-local. Now, you know, we use the term locals loosely now as in the state of North Carolina or right. even regionally. Right. Um, and so I think. A lot of it had to do with tourism, people from outside the state coming in. And I think initially when it was Beer City USA, people from outside the state coming in Asheville, they're like, oh, well, let me just try Asheville that's beer. All the, that's all they wanted, right? 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 Like you mm-hmm. go there yep. to get that beer. Exactly. And well, uh, go ahead, please. I was going to say, I think one of the things that's happening up there right now, especially in the bottle shops and uh, uh, the specialty stores, not necessarily the breweries, is that you've got so much good beer in Asheville, so much mm-hmm. good beer across the state um, that the tourist want to be able to we can only hit 12 breweries on our two-day stint but we didn't hit these five but i can walk in this bottle shop and buy beer from these five or i can i've heard about new anthem i've heard about you know xyz across the state and now they're in the bottle shops i think that's helped to keep some of those bottle shops moving forward up there i, I mean that's a really good point i didn't even think about that way is they understand that you know north carolina has a great reputation as far as beer is concerned and so they're just making it to Asheville. and like well i can't make it in the raleigh area the charlotte area or wilmington but those brews are available here at this bottle shop let me pick up some of that as well that's a very good point and i didn't even think about it that way that's yeah but one of your to go back to something you said there is that local isn't always good but i'll tell you it's amazing that um when we started this podcast there were 56 breweries in the state mm-hmm. and we're at uh 400 ish today yeah and we know that there's not 400 capable, uh, incredible brewers and, and owners out there. It's just not. It's no, it's no different from any other business. Um, but even bad beer in a small town, uh, people join. They go there. They join together. They support it. And it's funny because a lot of times it's people that have never been in the craft beer scene. They just know their friend opened up the brewery and they want to go in there and support it. And then their friends come and just – and you see that all across the state. And uh, I've got a friend who works for the state, and, and she's uh, – in the uh, in the arena of helping these downtowns to see a vision to revitalize, and many of them are started with breweries, um, but it's not always good beer, right? But it's beer and it's local, mm-hmm. and people want to support it. You know, I think now that we are kind of, I wouldn't say getting into saturation, but that it's readily available. We've got a lot. <laughs> I think customers are now willing to bypass bad beer yeah i think okay beer you can get yep. away with it uh but you know if you have bad beer you know a mile away from your house and you got okay or better than average beer two miles down the road people will bypass and go that extra mile to grab that beer now um yeah. so bad beer may not be able to make it but i think okay beer absolutely and i, I i've held that stance for years now mm-hmm. well i mean i think if you and again I, I like to drink what i like to drink i don't get into adam's got a much better palate than i do uh, you probably do because of what you've done for so many years. Um, I just enjoy the scene. I like to drink beer. But a lot of the beer is, most of the beer is average. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love what you guys are doing. I love what Wilmington Bruins doing. I love, there's, and I can go on and on and on, and those are some of my many favorites. Um, but I can also go in any town and look and go, I don't really care for that. I don't really care for that. There's something there I'll drink. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting. I would... Not to argue, I would offer, though, 
I would offer a perspective on that word average that if good brewers and good breweries are doing their job, it's bringing the average up, right? It's kind of that yeah, rising tide. Yeah, and and I think, and don't don't sell your palate short, I think you've gotten used to drinking the good stuff that yeah. you like. And and the average has gone up to, I mean, think about it. Think about seven, eight years ago, what, oh. what we would enjoy. And has that beer really changed or have we just learn to like additional things you know I, 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 I think we've changed but here's what i also think and and again you guys both have uh, been involved at the brew level uh from a uh, directly at the brew level and i haven't um i think what has happened with a lot of these breweries that started off really small the brewer was hands-on we talked a little bit about it last week with uh sure. with the dissolver guys and i asked him point blank how much time do you guys spend interacting with your customers in your brewery, actually not working on the business, but working in the business. Because when you're the head brewer, if you aren't overseeing the processes and and a part of it, then things can slip. And I think that's what a lot of them have done is that they started the the owner was the brewer uh, or the one of the partners was the brewer and it was you know they were only putting out a few barrels uh, a week or a month or what have you and now they're putting out hundreds or thousands a year uh, it's not the same level of consistency uh, and it's not the same level of care and i think that's probably affected it more so not everybody's a sierra nevada where they've got all the processes and they've got all the you know, the labs and all the things to make sure it's the same way every single time right sure. mm-hmm. uh, most of us aren't you know most of the breweries aren't there are some um there still has to be oversight, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. still has to be oversight. I'm I mean, sure it does. brewers, brewers worth it have their SOPs posted and their people, their people know what they should be doing, but there still has to be that QA. Right. Right. You still have to be in communication the whole time. And I think that's, sorry, I interrupted you, but no, no. like Bridge and I at home, we, we say about some people, they're like 70, 80 percenters, right? Right. They don't worry about that final if i got it started i got most of it done it's good enough mm. there and is that yeah there's that mindset and it coincides with not to get too far in the weeds on this tangent but it coincides with some of that entrepreneurial mindset with with a lot of not a lot but with some some people some owners um as they grow well some things are going to slip right. well all right let's correct that Let's not let things slip. Mm-hmm. Let's get the design. Let's let's get the pieces in place so it doesn't. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's where quality can suffer. Well, I, at uh, one of the beer conferences I was at in Asheville several years ago, six seven years ago, uh, they brought in. And this was a craft beer conference, but they brought in. They had a quality control for Budweiser, mm-hmm. and he went through all of their processes on how they do. And I forget how many how many breweries they have across the world. I think at the time, I think it was 24. But whatever they were, however many it was, every day, whatever they brew goes into this package and gets shipped to St. Louis. And there is a room full of tasters. That's, what, that's their job. And their palates are incredible. And they can't eat certain things or drink certain. They have, because they have to keep that palate mm-hmm. clean and clear. And if any one of those people in that room say that the beer tastes off. They tell the, wherever the fact, wherever the brewery is, they don't ship any of it out. They get new samples sent in from the same batch comes in the next day and they taste it again. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's amazing. Yeah. That, it's not even that it may be even off to, it may not be what Budweiser is supposed to taste absolutely. like, right? There right. might not be anything wrong with yep. the beer. Right. Just may not be what it's absolutely. supposed to. Um, you know, and that's one thing I can say, you know, I, I give Aaron credit for this all the time. From day one, his 
idea and his vision for New Anthem was all quality. Yeah. Everything's quality based. We based everything since day one about quality. We have dumped batches because they didn't taste the way we wanted them. Right. Maybe the beer was just fine, but we couldn't package it how it was meant to be packaged because then that beer would be different than what it was supposed you to be. You couldn't change the name and exactly, package right? it. Exactly, right? Not always. Not always. I mean, it does Still happen every once in a while. It takes a while. But, we, a lot. but to the quality... Room only. But, <laughs> right. Right. To the quality point, you know, um, April Billsley is our quality control manager. She came from Sierra Nevada. She oh, handled nice. their um, their water system up there. Yeah. She's probably she's probably the smartest person in our company. She's brilliant. We did so before the pandemic. We used to have our own tasting panels. We would sit down every other week, um, get the entire team together. She would lay out um, cards, beers, everything. Not tell us what we needed to do. Just say, "Hey, taste this. Tell me what you think." Blah 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 blah. And then obviously we'd talk through it. And uh, but yeah, I mean that's exactly what it was. And you know she learned that from Sierra Nevada. We used to do that at Boulevard. But that's what you have to do. You do, and I think yeah. that so many people just get caught up in the weeds of the day to day. And yep. you know I'm a small business owner with, uh, you know, with a building company, a real estate company. And then Adam and I have together the 919 beer, so I know what it's like to get caught up in the weeds. And uh, sometimes things, uh, sometimes you don't get to everything you want to get to. Mm-hmm. But man, when you're putting a product out, it would be like me building a house and not walking it before it closes not laying my eyes on the final mm-hmm. product. Uh, in this case, I think there's so much beer that goes out of breweries that the owners, uh, the brewers, the people, the st- nobody's really doing what you said. They're not having that uh, tasting panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them aren't in the position to dump batches. That's right. right. Yeah, right. And that's yep. not a slight at them. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a cash position. Like, these yep. guys are leveraged, man. Yep. I tell, you know, when people will be like, oh, man, how are you guys just crushing it? And I'm like, Brewing's not really like that. Like the beer industry, you got to spend a lot of money to make a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a passion project. Not to say you can't make a living in it because plenty of people do. Right. Um, Well, you know how to make a million dollars in the beer business, right? Start with two million. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) It's and it's it's true, but but that's a whole roundabout induction introduction to finally getting to what new anthem is and Mm -hmm. and who you guys are for. We started, the whole thing started with us saying, Hey, you're statewide now. Let's talk about, I guess every brewery in the state because of that. So sorry, if you're still listening, we're talking to Caleb Churchwell head of sales for, for new anthem out of Wilmington. Correct. Let's get back to Wilmington. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to Wilmington and new anthem. Been around, Five years, you said. Six years. Five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. A little over. November. Uh, October of October 2016. October of 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. So almost nearly five and a half. Five and a quarter. Five right. Four months, three days, you're, two hours. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're, the, you're my rain man on, on math. Um, <laughs> so, but I remember when you guys were new, when you first started, like you started, new Anthem started immediately just with some dynamite beer. Mm-hmm. And at the time, some, for the state, some revolutionary stuff. You guys were doing hazy stuff before the rest of the state caught up. Correct. It's pretty much heist and you guys, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're not in the same towns. Right. Um, And at the time, neither of you were available but in your own own town. At the time. Right. And obviously that trickled in, and now everybody's doing it. But you guys still... In, in a lot of beer drinkers' eyes, you guys still kind of have your own place there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do a lot of other really great beers. <laughs> and this is the thing. We were talking to the Dissolver guys, I think, off, you know, when we weren't recording yesterday. They did an Italian Pilsner. 
dynamite. Italian Pilsner with um, with hoof hearted. Yep, that's hoof hearted. Hearted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, out of Ohio, and of course it's wait, it's not a hazy. And they're like, no, man. They do a lot of really awesome beers, but the only thing people around here know are the chicken stock looking things that they've been trading for for years because that's that was the hype stuff. That's what's sexy. And I get it. You guys get it. You still do it. You do mm-hmm. a bunch of them. Yeah. Right? You do a bunch of them, but you also do some really great stuff. And one we started with is my mm. personal favorite amazing. new anthem beer, the Centennial Lager. Our Rice Lager Little Star. Mm-hmm. Right. What what do we need to know about this beer, and what what do people need to know so they? I just need to know where I can it, buy like, it. I want it. Right. So so this Little Star is one of the first loggers we ever produced um, years back. It is your basic rice logger, right? So we use rice to not impart any extra ABV, not really any flavor profile from rice either. It helps just keeps it nice and low. So it's four and a half percent ABV. Uh, touch of centennial in there adds a little bit of depth, some character. You get some really nice esters from the yeast, but really just lager beer. It is the, the beer drinkers beer. Everybody uses the, you know, my lawnmower beer, your grilling beer earlier, right? Just something you drink every day. This is our beach beer, if you will. It's got a ton of flavor. And you say a little bit of Centennial, a little bit goes a long way, especially when it's such a light beer. Right. You know, and, and rice allows for that lightness to, Everything else to, to stay, kind of come right? Through. And, mm-hmm. and is it dry hopped? No. It's no, no. not. No. Mm-hmm. It's just got, but it's got a nice so, aroma and flavor. Like We do a dry hopped IPA killed by the state and Italian pills, because t- Italian pills really is just a dry hopped pilsner. Right. Um, and we, ha- we produce one called Killed by the State that... I would say is probably the biggest fanboy crispy that we do. Yeah. Um, Italian pilsners have really come out. They really have. Like people are going nuts. <laughs> I haven't had one that I don't like. Right. You know, but because I, to me, it's the best of both worlds. It's that super clean, crisp lager mm-hmm. or pilsner. Which one is it? Technically, it's the lager. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a little, little, you know, I little, like, wait, you know inside, this. inside joke there. Why am I trying to correct you? <laughs> One of the jokes of the show is that when, pe- when people are like, people come up to the bar and they're like, well, what do you normally drink? Well, I like Pilsners. I like lagers too. Yep. It's like that kind of thing. Sometimes I like ales. Um, yeah. But anyway, like to say about that beer, like that style, it's that nice, clean, crisp flavor with extra aroma and... And, and that really comes through nicely. Mm-hmm. It just is. adds that little bit of extra character to give you exactly you to best of both worlds, yeah. right? But I love this. I love American hopped lagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love American hopped lagers. And um, when, when I was with Mason Jar, they, they've got pull tab. Pull tab oh, yeah. pills, right? And, mm-hmm. and like Simcoe. Like, either love it or hate it, yep. but I'm fortunate because I really like Simcoe. Yeah, so exactly. I really love that beer. And mm-hmm. But it throws people off when they're like, give me a lager. Like, People have this, and they're probably like, "Oh, this is wait, this is this, more than my this has different flavors than I was thinking, mm-hmm. right?" I remember yeah. I, had, I had my wife taste it, and she's like me, like we like a lot of the same beers, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, like I just, I just want to drink this beer, like yeah. it's so drinkable, so flavorful, mm-hmm. and um, still only four and a half percent. Like what? that's that's my like because I like to drink a lot of beers, mm-hmm. right? It's, exactly. <laughs> my doctor yeah. loves when I tell her that." I like to drink a lot of beers. Uh, no, and I can tell me drink a do. lot or f- between 4 and 5%. I can't when they're between 7 and 8%. Oh, sure you can. You're so I mean, feel, I can. You don't feel as good the next day. I mean, we can do what, as, what we want. Do but. not feel as good the next day. Like me, I can just walk home, so yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and back to your point about the hopping too. So, you know, we, we, 
we built our name on hazy IPAs, IPA in right. general. And so we take, we take hops very seriously. And so these centennial hops, you know, these are hand selected by Aaron. He goes out to the Pacific Northwest, you know, does the little, the little hop game out there. And these are select centennial that he handpicked himself. And then I have to say, he did a fantastic job, these, yeah. especially when, when we brew, you know, beer like Velvet Lies, that's an American IPA, all centennial dry hop, hop yeah. everything. Oh, I need that some. beer really shines through on what Centennial is really meant to be like, and it's it's absolutely amazing. Has this just big grapefruit, orangey kind of um, juiciness to it, and so I think that's what also sets this beer apart too. Is just the, the quality of the hops in there just aids aids in the beer. Yeah, it's 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 everything I want in what it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's to me it's it's a perfect drinking beer. It's a phenomenal beer, really. I'm. You need to uh, get Tyler down at pharmacy to get a half barrel of that on soon. Uh, I will try to. We actually have a different one, so this is uh, phasing out for the season and Lights. coming in fast is coming in next. Okay. Um, and so we'll, we'll make sure he gets. That's that a one great on beer, though. though. Yeah. I'm, I, that, I'm not had that beer that I'm aware of. It's I wish you guys offered it year round. Really, I good. wish it was yeah. consistently available because mm-hmm. it's one to keep in your refrigerator. Yeah. It, it's going to be available six months out of the year. Yeah, uh, moving forward. So coming in fast and little star. Six on, six off, or is it like three yes. on, three off, three on? Three? Uh, six on, six off. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. All right, the next one we're opening here is is free the soul. I'm gonna pass it down to you. It says Mosaic Equinot Simcoe India Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. This is hazy. This is hazy. Which, if you know anything about New Anthem, you shouldn't be surprised. Like you said, you've made they've, they've made their name in hazy IPAs. What's special about this one? So this this is predominantly um, mosaic, and so real kind of berry character. Um, this is a a rebranded brand that we did in years past um, due to some um, packaging issues. We had to rebrand it, uh, but it's still the same quality of beer. And really, it's it's so when people typically think hazy IPA, they think juice bombs, orange juice, pineapple juice, you know, any kind of tropical. Right. This one's more on the berry side, yeah, strawberry, blueberry, mm-hmm. like that's and and that kind of throws people off because they're not used to saying thinking those flavor right. profiles when they're drinking hazy IPAs. And so this one kind of sets itself apart because it is in that realm, that berry realm and not in that tropical side. There's little tropical character to it, but like I said, mostly berry on this guy. It's very good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, mind blown. Well done, sir. Man. Man. <laughs> I, I did loft it up there for him. Did you like, catch that? <laughs> I'm like, that's a, that's a big old ball right in front of me. I got to just hit it. What's the ABV on this one? Uh, this one rings in at 7.5. Okay, nice. see, I can't have multiple of these. Right. Well, I can, but. Yeah. What would be your limit? It depends the amount of time and how much water I have. See, I got you. Got to go one for one. Beer Adam's, water Adam's a this. big one for one. Drink a beer. Drink a pint of water. I see. I, I'm a big. Let me drink two beers and maybe get some water, a sip of water, and let me have so two more and there's see. No worse. There's no worse <laughs> feeling than waking than waking up at like two a.m. and your your mouth is just completely dry. Yeah, I don't out. know. I guess I'm used to it, man. It doesn't really doesn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's more prevention, and you're just kind of we'll, we'll just kind of yeah, see we'll what happens. See. Yeah. It, it, oh, Wayne's, oh, Wayne's, Wayne's it's easier to uh, ask forgiveness than it is permission. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because Adam and I have been hanging out now for I don't know, golly, ten or eleven years, and uh, we've traveled and we've done a lot of beer travel and we've drank a lot of beer together. I've never seen Adam with a beer buzz. It just I've never seen him it where it happens, but you gotta you gotta pace that out. Man. I've never seen him, and I'm like, and I drink fast. 
Yeah. Like Wayne will look at me and be like, how is it? And I'm, I'm on my second one already. Yeah. People just, talk about using koozies. I'm like, what do you need a koozie for? Yeah, right. Yeah. If you need no. a koozie, not going to hold a beer long that's enough. that's the other thing. Like when, when you go and they're like, do you want a big one? Like a 20 ounce? I'm like, no. No, I don't either. I want a 16 yeah. or a 12. I want it to stay cold. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, what else, what else did you bring? We don't. We can open one. We're going to talk about them both, but I want to talk Let's about something. Let's open up this one that he has, okay. what is it? has here. So it's three IPAs and a lager. Okay. Yes, we produce a lot of IPAs. Yeah. We produce a lot of other styles. I remember when I saw you a couple months ago, we yeah. just put out a brown ale at the time. That was incredible. Crime like, will help you. People were going nuts over that. People were going nuts. And it's not, like I said, it's not, it's not a super sexy style. It's not something you're going to trade for, uh, but our brewers... Um, our processes are super clean. Our brewers are super talented, and they made a very good American style brown ale. Had just full of flavor, everything you wanted out of a brown ale. But this one right here, this is the Vapors. Vapors, okay. Oh, this God, the is vapors. Galaxy. Um, okay. Through. And through. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> go on. Um, and so, Galaxy is a hype pop. It's a favorite of a lot of people. And it just has a ton of flavor to it. This is where you get those tropical fruit notes, this is right? Ex- yeah, exactly. This is where it just jumps off at you. Um, this is what you think about. When you think New England IPA, this is what you think about. This is just super juicy. Um, everything just kind of smacks you in the face. Galaxy, Galaxy is such a pungent hop um, that a little goes a long way as well. Um, and so when you hop well, it like you we have do, to stretch it because that's about the most expensive hop out there too. A lot of people don't I'll, realize. Let's not talk that. about that. Well, you're you know you you're yes. on the sales side, but I'm sure you're privy to the costing absolutely end too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why these beers are so expensive, and it's not necessarily out of the brewer's greed, right? Right. When you're talking New England IPAs, at least with you guys, mm-hmm. here's. Here's what I'd say people need to know and cut me off or encourage me however you see fit. You're going around 7 plus percent Mm -hmm. on most of them. Most of them. That means you're going to have a higher grain bill because you need more sugars to produce that that more alcohol, right? That's that's how beer works. Yep, that's science. Which means it's a more expensive grain bill, right? More Mm -hmm. grain. Mm -hmm. You are buying sexier hops for the most part. Mm -hmm. When you want those tropical fruit notes, you're buying... You're not you're not buying the the I don't want to say cheap stuff, but the more affordable, um, noble hops and and things that go into traditional beers. You're buying a lot of Australian, New Zealand hops. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Like those this, just super. You're going hops. over thirty, thirty five, forty dollars a pound. Sometimes a pound, yeah, and absolutely. you're not putting like three pounds of hops in your beer, right? So per barrel, right? Right per barrel, yeah. So. That adds up, mm-hmm. and people like to say, "Well, you only have pennies in a in a barrel of beer." It's not really that simple. These, you know, you're talking mm-hmm. about a clean lager. You might you're going to have better costs on that. Absolutely, but you're talking about these. Like you you sell more of it, mm-hmm. you bring in more, but you're also putting out a lot more. Uh, you know, you're paying a lot more for what you're putting into that beer. Absolutely. So I'm sure your margins are even lower on those they those are. bigger beers absolutely they are yeah because because you can't price yourself out of the market right no you you can't that's the thing Mm -hmm. right if you you can't just put like oh everything's going to be marked up 
X amount. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Right. It exactly. doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, and you know, and there's, there is a, a price in the market that people are willing to pay and we have to pay attention to that. And you know, if we decide to go above and beyond what we would normally do, just doesn't mean we can throw, you know, 10 extra dollars on a case, 40 extra dollars on a keg, because then, you know, my customers aren't going to buy it because right. they know that their customers aren't going to pay. There's a threshold that people are going to pay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we have to keep an eye on that. And yes, so sometimes when we do things like the vapors, we understand this is a specialty item and it's not, you know, we're not going to make the money off of it, but it, it comes, it brings along with it. It's a marketing cost too, because sure. people try it and they're like, wow, this beer is fantastic. You don't have a problem selling it. Right. So and what's the four pack of that go for in say a grocery store or bottle shop? Uh, so this one you'd only find in bottle shops. So okay. we don't actually put this one in grocery stores. Okay. Um, I just want to make that clear because we are yeah, in a grocery store yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but we have different brands for our grocery store. Absolutely. And then different brands for our boutiques. And so our boutique, uh, anywhere from, I've seen this one. So this one specifically, probably 19 to $21 a four pack. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you my, think about it, you're, you're five bucks a pint. Yep. Well, but my point there is, mm-hmm. is that uh, we as consumers, me as well, I will walk in to... XYZ bottle shop, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I will look up and see what's on the board, and I rarely ever look at the price, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I tend to frequent the same places. and know they don't, they don't get crazy, um, and I don't tend to look at the size because mm-hmm. some of them will serve in 12 instead of 16. Right. Depending on ABV, depending on price. Mm-hmm. So I walk in and I order it, and I get my tab, and I look at it and go, oh, that beer was seven fifty. I had a tip, and I sign it, and I move on. But I also walk into the bottle shop or the grocery store to buy beer, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm walking down that grocery store aisle, and I'm looking for the red tags that says sale. Mm-hmm. Aren't our habits so fun to explore? <laughs> and, and, more, and more often than not, I leave with Dells, or I leave with Sierra Powell, or I leave with something that somebody's got heavily discounted because I'm like, okay, that four-pack was 20 bucks, and I can get it for 16 Well, heck yeah, that's a deal. I'm going to take it. Right. But it's all... It's a mind game we play with ourselves. Absolutely. But I'll walk in there and buy four of those at Tyler's at some fifty a piece and not think twice about it and tip them ten bucks. Right. right. It, well, I think it's also too like <laughs> I know it's it's the mindset it's, where it's, where we're going. Right? right. So if I go into a grocery store buying beer, I know I'm going to either buy more beer because that's why I'm buying beer at a grocery right. store. I'm buying in bulk, um, and or I'm just going to take this home. And yeah, when you go home, maybe you don't want to drink it by yourself or or with your partner. You don't want. $10 for the environment and the chance to go out and socialize. It's funny that, um, mm-hmm. you know, when I was married, we used to talk about, we, we did dinnertainment. Mm-hmm. We'd go out to dinner and that was entertainment as well because, you know, we could sit at home and cook something and watch TV or we could go to dinner and you know, enjoy the, the sights, the sounds. And, uh, and the one I'm dating now, kind of the same thing. We, we, we do dinnertainment. Um, so we're willing to pay extra for our social uh, experiences, mm-hmm. but to sit at home and drink it, eh, not so much. I like, I'll buy a more expensive bottle of wine when I'm at dinner than I'll buy and bring home. Exactly. Which makes no sense. Yep. Because you're paying that two and a half times, three times more. You think you want to pay more quality when you're at home by yourself then. Absolutely. For the same money, I could get a really nice bottle of wine. So right. it's just funny how we convince ourselves of uh, it's okay to do this, but I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that home. I was. Uh, I had this exact conversation with a retailer. I think it was just yesterday. Um, a brand new retailer is going to be uh, in Raleigh. They're not open yet, but I had, we had that conversation is – you know, you can realistically price things between six and eight dollars, seventy nine dollars. Yeah. It doesn't matter on the size either. You can go pint or twelve ounce, yeah. and long as the price looks reasonable, people won't bat an eye at it these days. Or you they know? don't even look at the price again, like or, me, or that. Right? You know, when I started in the beer industry, 
12, 13 years ago, the most expensive pint I ever saw was six bucks. And the most expensive half barrel I bought at the time was 161 Guinness. And now a 161 half barrel is, I'm, yeah, it's a bargain. Right? That, that's a whew, yeah. hell of a bargain yeah. these days. Yeah. I mean, some of the sixes out there are going for not far from that, right? Oh, more than that. Depends. Yeah, you get, more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get some that are that are up there. Oh yeah, I mean we've we've had one ourselves. You know, some of our barrel aged uh, yeah, right, uh, right. bourbon barrel aged stuff will go for one hundred eighty, two hundred dollars yeah. a sixtal. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that. You you, you didn't bring any mm-hmm. of the bourbon barrel aged, but so we'll come down and get some. Yeah, absolutely. People need to know about it, right? Like right? we we touched on that brown ale. Mm-hmm. You also had that tropical stout. We did. No sold to sell. Delicious. But people know you for the hazy. So what is, what's kind of the marketing idea or, or how do you combat that? How are, obviously you're going to produce what sells, you're going to produce what brings people in. But we, once you bring people in, um, it's nice, you, it's nice to have a variety for a tap room because not everybody wants to drink the same old thing every day, right? right. Mm-hmm. So what other beers do you want people to, to know that you guys produce, mm-hmm. that you're proud of. We talked about this rice lager, right? Yeah. And and how do, how do you get that in their hands? Um, so so I'm glad you brought that up. So our our kind of game plan at this point too is uh, Dock Street, our original location, mm-hmm. um, is now kind of our pilot system, if you will, kind of our experimental brewery. So uh, one of it's our a great old, space, old, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Yep. One of our old brewers. Um, he is just now overseeing Dock Street by himself, and so that is where a lot of our Mixed fermentation beers are coming from. A lot of the experimental stuff, experimental hops, experimental yeast, uh, mixed firm yeast, barrel aging is there. A lot of our clean barrel aging is over at Dock, I mean, uh, Greenfield Street, which is our production facility. And so we have two different barrel aging facilities now. Um, you know, we, we're actually, like, our brewers do it really good with Belgian styles. Um, Craft Beer and Brewing just came out with their Belgian um, magazine. Uh, Wait, blind people tasting. still make Belgian beers, uh, right? Who knew? Exactly. I know, right? Um, well, so so Craft Beer and Brewing does blind tasting um, uh, um, magazines. I, I'm blanking on it right now, um, but this one's all about Belgian beer. And then a most a, a recent saison we did called Pillar of Fire just got a 95 on that nice. out of a 100. And so it's like that helps. Of seeing, of getting some, you know, good press on a Belgian style that we do. That's right. not an IPA, um, and then it's just you know getting more people into Dock Street is when we in, at Dock Street we don't have really any of our IPAs there. It's all fruited Berliners, barrel aged stuff, uh, Belgian, and so we're sure you have to. So is that because you've got a captive audience downtown? I mean, because Wilmington, especially right there where you are, uh, that's where all the foot traffic is. You're right mm-hmm. there on uh, right. Front Street, Market Street. Everything's right there. Um, is that because you've got kind of a captive audience there and you want them to go to the other place? You want to... Yeah, if, a little if, bit of that, IPAs right? Are, if the IPAs are not downtown or you mm-hmm. have one, but you've got eight on tap at, the, at Greenfield, yep. is that to just draw people out? Is it a bigger... I've not been there. Is it a bigger it, place? It bigger is a bigger space? place, yes. It's, it's big and beautiful. We have a beautiful mural uh, done by an artist called Jex out of uh, Winston-Salem. Outdoor space? Uh, no, out, a little okay. bit outdoor okay. space. We have we have uh, roll up garage doors. We have yeah, we yeah. have a, a roll up garage doors at Greenfield Street. Yeah, um, but it's a little bit of that. Okay. But it's also we don't produce any of our hazy IPAs that you would be familiar with at Dock Street um, because okay. we have mixed firm beers down there, yeah. and we don't we want to make sure we're not cross right. uh, pollinating anything. And so we do some experimental IPAs down there. 
Uh, we're testing out new um, hop varieties. Um, they're packaging hops differently now, okay. hop powders, hop oils, yeah. um, different size pellets, that sort of thing um, happens at Dock Street. And so we just want to make sure that if it's a brand like the Vapors, like Neon God, Shade, something like that, we keep that nice and clean at Greenfield, and we keep all of that at Greenfield, and then we keep all the experimental stuff down at Dock Street. So the experimental stuff that you have down at Dock Street, um, like the uh, the Belgians, are those packaged at all, or are they just right there? It depends. Okay. Um, so we do some, we still use Ironheart to do some of our um, our canning down there. Um, but then we also have our own bottling line. So we also bottle down there. Um, most, most of the Belgian stuff gets bottle conditioned. And so, um, if you, if you're going to buy something packaged at, uh, corked and caged or is it just topped? No, capped. Okay. Uh, we have a couple cork and capped, okay. uh, but mostly just capped. Yeah. Okay. Cork and cage is a, it's another beast that right, right. we don't want to get involved with. Yep. Um, but yeah, mostly bottles. There are a little bit of cans that come out of there. Yeah, some of the fruit, fruit blenders get put in cans. The IPAs get put in cans. But all the real traditional Belgian stuff, uh, mostly bottle conditioned. Mm-hmm. So how how do those do sales wise? Obviously, they're they're pretty much taproom only sales, right? A little bit makes it out to the market. Okay, and obviously they we're talking, you know, when down there it's a ten barrel system, and so when we package something down there, we're looking at. 70 cases and a sure. few kegs right and so they sell through the majority yeah. of that and then i may get 20 cases to throw into the market sure so yeah of course it sells out really well but it's only 20 cases yeah um, and so it's, it's super scarce um and you know that that's part of the way back to your question how we get people to mm-hmm. you know try the try other than ipa i still i still get it in the market i get people asking us if we do anything besides ipa um and so right. that's part of it is pulling more stuff out of Dock Street and then getting that into the general market to say, hey, check this out. Check this Fruit of Berliner out. It's fantastic. Check this Belgian out. You know, just high-rated craft beer and brewing blind tasting. Like, It's just interesting to have – it's interesting for me to have the conversation. Um, it's equally, I think, frustrating for those brewers who make – who who get known for certain th- a certain thing or certain things. Mm-hmm. Here at Hazy IPAs. Yes. Um, but th- that also means their other great stuff gets overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, so it's always that, that battle. Okay, we, we have to, obviously we have to do what sells. Um, but you know what? We also need to introduce these people to other great stuff mm-hmm. that they might not even know they like. And we talked about beer cost earlier. Right. We might be able to be a little bit more profitable yes, on exactly. this other stuff too. I mean, I'll say for myself, and again, I go back to you know we can we, we convince ourselves that things are okay just because we need to convince ourselves on it. Mm-hmm. But when I um when I see your logo, very distinct logo, um, and I see your logo, or I see certain logos or name brands in uh, on the board at uh, I spend a lot of time at Pharmacy Bond. I yeah, live in downtown Cary, work down there, so. Um, but if I see something there, and if it's your brand or several other brands, I just like, you know, they make good beer. Mm-hmm. Let me tr- and I, I'll tell you what I've been gravitating to uh, of late is uh, the Pilsners, that guys that have traditionally been known for their hazies or their whatever, and they've got a Pilsner, and they're like, well, man, everything else, it makes fantastic. Let me try that. It's typically what it is, right, is when you – and speaking to most, you know, big name hazy IPA producers, you have to have good processes to right. make sure that beer right. turns out the way you want it to. And that usually translates 
to other styles, yeah. you know, because lagers aren't built on recipe. They're built on processes, right? Yeah. Everything's got to be super clean. Uh, you got to brew well. And so if you can do a really good quality made hazy IPA, the chances are the other brands you're going to make are probably going to be quality as well. And so it, absolutely, I, I agree with you. If I, if I taste a fantastic Fruit of Berliner from somebody, fantastic IPA, I can pretty much guarantee that when I buy a four pack of their lager, yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just a matter of getting more people to drink them. Exactly. Right? Yes. <laughs> we love them. Let's get let's get everybody well, else we're, to we're drink beer drinkers, right? More, right? We yeah, are. We I are. think we just have to going to drink more craft. There's plenty of lager being consumed out there. Oh yeah, it's not craft. <laughs> yeah, still plenty of lager being consumed. So, million dollar question: um, When can Wayne and I get a West Coast IPA from New Anthem? Yes. So we uh, we're actually packaging one in a couple of weeks called Velvet Lies, one I just talked about. But really, we just did a new one um, that came out uh, back in November called uh, Dream Stealer. And honestly, that's probably my favorite beer we've ever done. I think Tyler um, had that down at pharmacy. Probably did. Yeah. Uh, big, bright yellow can, green yeah, writing. Pretty sure I had um, it. Our brewers nailed that one. They really did. They did a fantastic job. Uh, but yeah, so Velvet Lies will be the next. Um, all Centennial, you, you said it earlier. I'm going to bring it up again just because that's where I reference. It's two-hearted, right? It yeah. is big, grapefruit, I mean, pungent, right? <laughs> the, I mean, the, the, the OG... OG American just, IPAs, right. Bell's Too Hearted, Founders, I mean, that's not what we were going Founders for, Centennial, but exactly. like, mm-hmm. like those are, they, those what created. Centennial's been around for a long route. time doing great stuff and there's exactly. a reason for it. Um, but that's what it reminds me of when I drink it because it's just grapefruit and orange juice, malt backbone, has that really, that, that distinct bitterness that we look for in that West Coast IPA that we're not getting from our hazies. Right. And so it brings me back to, you know, the early 20 yachts, the 2010s, I'm like, oh, man, back when I first got into IPAs. Right, right. Yeah. me too. And that was my first love. And, and then the Hazy Crazy came on, and, and I jumped on that for a while. But I always kept going back, and now it's rare. When I walk into my normal watering holes and I order something that's not a West Coast or a lager, they are like, you, you, know, that's, you know that's hazy. I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's New Anthem or it's Heist or it's whatever. Mm-hmm. They typically do them very well. I'm, I'll drink that. Absolutely. Um, but I'm a West Coast You also guy. experimented yeah. the other I did. week or so ago. What, you made, dive into something you like? a bad choice. Oh, okay. It happens. I got an old fat. We were at an event. I got an old fashioned. He's like, I'll take your IPA. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> gave him that look. I'm like, should have got the liquor that night. You've never had a beer from this place before. No, I have. I, I've been there before. You definitely don't drink hazy IPAs. <laughs> and he went all in. I was like, how's that beer treating you? Like, yeah, let's, just say that, let's just say that I had two beer tickets or two drink tickets and only had one drink. That's fair. <laughs> and they were free They were free tickets. They were free. Yep. And I'm like, like nope. Yeah. So That's fair. No, it happens. Like, it really, it all, does. All yep. local is not good local. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It happens. Well, Caleb Churchwell, New Anthem. Um, thank you for, for coming in. Uh, statewide. Statewide. A lot of hazy IPAs, but a lot of other great stuff. A lot of we have, and we're we're expanding non-hazy brands this year. Um, you know, we've had the request now since Crying Won't Help You came out of Brown Ale. We've had the request from the market to, you know, send more non-hazy stuff out, and so we're you know, and and it helps us as a brand with full distribution throughout the state is to produce, you know, more classic styles that maybe more people will be into. And so, and it just helps build our brand. So, yeah, we'll see more of them this year. Two locations in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. So, when you're in town, go see them. We didn't even get into the, the Wilmington beer scene, but we'll have to save that for another time. Absolutely. The Wilmington beer scene has, has really grown. Blossomed. Yes. Really grown. And I would credit New Anthem 
as really being a cornerstone of that. So um, if you have not been there, go there. If you haven't been yeah. to Wilmington in general, but New Anthem certainly, but there's, uh, as Adam just said, that whole scene has changed. And, man, there's a lot of really cool places and a lot of really good beer. And it's um, – I agree with that. For a long time, it was uh, fifth or sixth as far as destinations in the state. Mm-hmm. And I'd say you can go east or west, and you're not going to find – you're, really, you're gonna you're gonna do well when you go. You go to Asheville. You go to Wilmington. You go to Charlotte. You go to Winston. You go to Greensboro, Raleigh. You know we've got all these distinct markets, and Wilmington's uh, certainly the one that has made the most progress in the shortest amount of time of late. I sure. agree. Yeah, great stuff. So, thanks again. Um, thanks again to House of Hops for for once again. Just they must not listen because <laughs> we we really don't do anything of of worth here. That's really worth sponsoring, wouldn't you say? I don't know, man. I mean, I think I think we do. I mean, we talk beer, and you know, they like to sell a lot of beer, and we, we like bring to drink a lot people. of beer, and uh, and they're just good people over there too. Yeah, I like yeah, them. They're, they're the, great. They're great <laughs> yeah. folks. They got uh, they got three really cool spots. They really they do. They do. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're out and about, stop into House of Hops and uh, maybe pick up some new Anthem beer while you're there. Absolutely, they're a big supporter of ours. Yeah, sure. Uh, Next week, another, we're staying with the Wilmington uh, theme. We've got the guys from True Colors coming up. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Which is really going to be exciting. I don't think a lot of people know about them here in the Triangle. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible story. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun to to talk with with their whole mission. So Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about that. So make sure you tune in, and thanks for listening. And hopefully Joe will be back with us next week. Are we really hopeful? Yeah, we are. I'm hopeful. (laughs) I'm hopeful. Anyway, we'll see you all next week. Yes, thank you very much. You've been listening to the 919 Beer Podcast with host Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. This podcast also airs Saturday mornings at 8 on Buzz Sports Radio. Thanks again for listening to the 919 Beer Podcast.